You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast recorded with Hashem's never-ending kindness in Ramah Hashem Israel 5769 2009. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Tzav. This Parsha continues with the concept of the Karbonus' sacrifices and goes through some sacrifices that were not mentioned in the previous week's Parsha. And we learn about some different sacrifices in this week's Parsha. One of the, par- one of the sacrifices that we mention here is a sacrifice called the Ola. The Ola was a special korban that was brought and it was completely burned. Whereas we find that there are other carbonas that someone would bring and he would actually eat parts of it, the Ola was completely burned. And in fact, previous to the Mishkan, before the sanctuary, so only a korban Ola, only this completely burnt offering was brought and it would make sense that if someone is trying to dedicate oneself to Hashem, to bring a present to God, so one would bring a korban, a sacrifice that was completely burnt, completely given over to God, so to speak. Now the thought that I'd like to share with you this week actually comes out of the Sefer of Shimon Schwab. It's called Mayan Beis HaShoeva. And he brings down a very interesting thing from, the, from Rashi when it speaks about the korban Ola. Rashi says, that it says, Tzav es Aaron Vesbanov, the verse says in chapter 6, verse 2, command Aaron and his sons, Lamor, saying, Zeis teres ha'oyla, that this is the law of the Korban Ola of this completely burnt offering. So Rashi says on the verse, he says like this, Ein Tzav eloloshen zirus. Whenever you see the word command, so it's always coming to quicken the person who's being commanded. Miyad, immediately, Uladaris, and also for all generations. It's especially important for the Torah to come to encourage somebody to do a mitzvah, to do a commandment, when it involves spending money. That's Rashi. So Rashi Schwab asks that we see from this Rashi that there was something that needed to be encouraged at that time, originally, miyad, immediately, and also there was some special encouragement that was necessary for a later time, for later generations. And the question is, what was necessary originally, and what was necessary for later on? Now, Schwab says that there are two things, there are two aspects to every karma, to every sacrifice. And one could very easily misconstrue and make a mistake in regards to what is the main part of the sacrifice and what is only secondary. So the two aspects are the actual sacrifice itself, the thing that one brings as an offering to God, so to speak. And the second thing is the kavana, the intention that one has when he's bringing, bringing the korban, bringing the sacrifice. And he says that of these two things, both of them are, of course, important. The actual thing that's brought shows that a person is sincere about his offering to God. But also, what's the main thing, the main ingredient in a korban and a sacrifice is the intent that one has, the thoughts that are involved, the feeling, the emotions that go in to bringing the sacrifice, the, the thoughts that a person has insofar as there's a level of sincerity, and there's a level of tshuva if it's a, it's a kind of carbon, the kind of sacrifice that's being brought in order to repent. So you have to have the right thoughts along with the carbon. It's not enough to just bring something nice. It also has to involve the right intentions. Now he mentions that there were actually two different people in history, among many, but there were two main people that we see in the Torah who made a fatal error in this regard. The first person that we see was Cain. Cain was Adam Arishon, the first man's son, and Cain, so he brought a korban, he brought a sacrifice to God, but God did not listen, so to speak, he didn't look at the sacrifice, he wasn't pleased with the sacrifice, because even though Cain realized that it was important to bring something nice, but there was something that was missing, the thing that was missing was the heart, was the right intentions when he brought the korban, which was something that Hevel, his brother, realized, but he did not realize that. 
Another place that we see that someone made a mistake in this regard is Shaul HaMelech, King Saul, the first king over the Jewish people. So God commanded him through the prophet, through the Navi Shmuel, to go and destroy the people of Amalek, to destroy that factor of evil in the world. And Shaul went and he was told that he shouldn't leave any remnant of the people of Amalek. Every single last person was to be destroyed. And not only that, but all of their animals. And they shouldn't take anything from the spoils. But what happened? So Shaul, Amalek, King Saul, when he went there, so he had Rachmanus, he had mercy, so to speak, on the sheep, on the cattle. And he came back. And he came back with all this sheep. And Shmuel comes and says, Shaul, why didn't you fulfill the command of God? And Shaul says, what do you mean? I fulfilled the command of God. I destroyed the entire nation of Amalek. He said, no, you were not supposed to bring back all of these sheep. You were supposed to destroy all the sheep. And he says, well, I figured, well, listen, we're going to use all these sheep in order to sacrifice them to God. Why should we waste them if we can bring them as sacrifices? So he understood, Shaul, that it was necessary to bring sacrifices to God that are beautiful. And he brought the choicest animals from all the flocks of Amalek. But he missed the point. Because Rahman al-Libabu, God wants the heart. God wants the intentions. And as far as God was concerned, he wasn't interested in these sheep. He was interested in listening to God. As the, as the verse says, Do you think God desires your sacrifices more than He wants you to listen to Him? It's not much greater listening to God than bringing the most beautiful sacrifice. It's much greater to pay attention to what God says than to bring the fats of rams. Meaning, Shaul missed the point. He thought that it was important to bring something beautiful, but he missed the point that it was necessary to have the intention, the right intentions, to do the right thing, to do it based on what God wanted. It's very interesting. There's a parallel between this mistake and Adam Harishon's mistake, the first man's mistake. Because why did he eat from the Eitz Hadas? Why did he eat from that tree of knowledge if God told him not to? So the Mephorshim, the deep commentators, they explain that part of what went into his thinking is he knew that if he would eat from it, truly he was going against the will of God. He was not listening. But by eating from this tree, it would actually bring the ability for the human being to have more of a Bechir, more of a level of Nisayun, of difficulty, of challenge. Challenge. Because as long as he was in the Gan Eden, he was in the Garden of Eden, so he was able to experience God directly. And as long as he could experience God directly, the level of Bechira, free will, was very low, was very limited. So by eating from the tree, Adam HaRishon knew that it would bring into him, it was called the Eitz Hadas Toivara, it would bring into him a confusion between good and evil. And there would be a greater level of Bechira, of free will, of choice. And he knew that when there would be more of a darkness, so then there would be more of a choice, a choice between evil and good would be much more significant and that's what he did that's why he ate from the from the tree but it was a fatal mistake just like Shaul's mistake was the same mistake because much more important to God is not that you do something more challenging what's much more important to God is that you do what he says God says don't eat from the tree don't make the challenge greater don't walk into a place where it's difficult even if you think you're going to succeed because the true test is not placing oneself in a test that's aside but in any event coming back to what we're speaking about so by a korban, by a sacrifice, the main thing, and Shaul missed that, and Cain missed that, the main thing is the intention of the heart, doing what God says, having the right intentions, bringing it for God, for God's sake, having the right thoughts. And 
uh, Rav Shua brings down that many times we see throughout the first base Hamidus, the first temple, the Jewish people were constantly making the same mistake. And the Nevi'im, the prophets, were constantly bawling them out for this mistake. But by the second temple, says Rav Shua, very interestingly, very beautifully, by the time it came to the second temple, they realized the mistake. They realized that the main thing is the heart. They realized how important it is to have the right intentions. And when one is bringing a korban, bringing a korban chatas, if one did a sin, he's bringing a sacrifice, it's not enough to just bring the sacrifice, Sacrifice. But a person has to really repent, really show that he wants to change his ways. But says Rav Schwab, what happened was, it, can't, it went to the other extreme. It got to the point where the Jewish people felt it wasn't even necessary. What do I have to bring a korban? What do I have to bring a sacrifice for? I just have to have the right thoughts in my heart, to have the right feelings in my heart. In fact, he brings down, the verse says in Malachi, Malachi was one of the last prophets speaking to the Jewish people during the Second Temple. So Malachi chapter 1 verses 7 and 8, it says, Magishem al lechem They bring upon my altar disgusting bread, And you say, what have we done wrong? But you've embarrassed the table of God. You think that when you bring a blind animal as a sacrifice, there's nothing wrong. And you think, if you bring an animal which is missing a limb, or that's sick, you think there's nothing wrong. Bring it to your own doors. Would you be interested in eating such an animal? God says. So you see, the verses are saying that there was a tochacha, a rebuke for the fact that these Jewish people, true, they may have had the right thoughts in their heart, but they weren't bringing an appropriate korban, an appropriate sacrifice. They had lost that connection to that side of the picture. So the mistake that they made was so fundamental because they thought, oh, as long as I have the right intentions, as long as my heart is in the right place, that's what really counts. But the mistake was that Hashem, God, He wants both things. He wants the specific way that a korban, a sacrifice is supposed to be brought. He wants the specific way that a mitzvah also is supposed to be done. And He also wants the heart. He also wants the right intentions. He wants all aspects. He wants us to combine both things. And Rav Shab also makes an important point, and that is that... Despite the fact that a person has the right intentions, and a person thinks, well, God, let's say, in regards to Korban Chattas again, a sacrifice is being brought for a sin. So a person thinks to himself, well, God just wants me to, you know, repent. And what do I have to be involved in spending this extra money to, to bring a sacrifice? I'm going to repent. I'm going to do what, what, what God intended. We can never totally understand. God is infinite. We are finite. We have to admit that. We have to know that we don't have an infinite intelligence. We don't have an infinite mind like God does. So we can't always totally understand in every single aspect there are so many things that are below the surface beneath the surface that are deeper that are involved in every action that God requests of us so even if we have the right intentions that's not enough we also need to do the actions that were set out by God God Himself created all the different levels of reality there's so much depth there's so much that goes into every single mitzvah every single commandment and it's not enough to just have the right thoughts says Rav Schwab with this idea we can come back to our original question that we asked which was that Rashi said on the verse where it says tzav, command, whenever we have the word tzav, it always means a special encouragement, a zeruz, for now and for later generations. What was the special zeruz, the special encouragement that was necessary for then, and a special encouragement that was necessary for later? And the answer is that there were two different mistakes that would be made. One mistake that would be made in earlier generations, and a different mistake that would be made in later generations. The earlier mistake was, as we said, that people would bring a beautiful thing, a wonderful, perhaps perfect 
korban, a perfect sacrifice, but they would be missing the right intentions. They would be missing the heart. And the mistake of the later generations was the exact opposite, that they would realize that mistake and they would have the heart, they would have the right intentions, but they wouldn't bring the right, beautiful type of korban, the type of sacrifice that's appropriate to be bringing on the altar of God. Says Rav Schwab that this whole concept, this idea of the two different aspects of avod of serving God, you have the aspect of the actual mitzvah, the diktukah mitzvah, the specific parts, the different aspects, the different details that God wants from us to do. So that's one part of it, and the other aspect is the right intentions. So, for example, he says, let's say Kriyas Shema. There's a mitzvah every single day to read twice a day the Kriyas Shema, the three paragraphs of the Shema. We start Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, and we speak about the unity of God. So someone could say to himself, well, how important is it that I say every single word? I have to be so careful saying the words carefully. The whole point is to unify God, to recognize that God is one, the ultimate unity, and He's not made up of any parts. That's what it's about. But do I have to be so careful about every single word saying it so clearly? So that's one mistake a person could make. And on the other extreme, a person could say, well, I have to be very careful to say every single letter, every single nikuda, every single vowel, all the different words have to be said so carefully. And they're so involved in the diktuka mitzvahs, they're so involved in the details of the mitzvah, that they forget about the heart, they forget about the point, that the point is to connect to God, to unify God's name, to recognize that God is one, the ultimate unity. So, says Rav Schwab, we need to remember that we have to have both aspects. We can't lose one. We can't lose the other. We need to have the right intentions inside of our hearts. We need to have the right actions, doing exactly what God requests of us, doing all the details, specifically as God requests of us. And remember that we don't totally understand. If we have any understanding, it's probably only a drop in the bucket of what really goes in to all of the mitzvahs, of all the different commandments that God wants from us. So we don't really understand the intentions behind it, so it's not enough to have the right intentions. Of course, we have to have the right intentions, but we have to do every single detail as well. And we have to have those intentions. We have to remember that the mitzvahs that we're doing, we're putting on tefillin every day, and we're, we're davening, we're praying every day, and we're doing so many different commandments of God, doing kindness, whatever it is, learning Torah, all these things. The point of them is also to, to connect ourselves to God, to bring down God's light into the world. If we're missing either one of those two things, then we're missing the boat. You know, it's quite easy to understand this idea because so many times we come across people who really have the heart. They really, really, in, in, in a certain sense, they have a relationship with God. They really have a connection. They really sense God's hand in their lives. But they're not connected to doing what God wants from them. They're not connected to the mitzvahs, the commandments. They're not connected to halacha, to what God requests of us. And you'll find also the opposite extreme. You'll come across somebody who's very careful in the details of every single mitzvah. When he buys an esrog, he makes sure that it doesn't have a spot on it. When he buys tefillin, he makes sure that it's the most mahudr, the most beautiful scrolls inside. And But when it comes to his relationship with Hashem, you ask him, do you love God? He'll say, love God? What, do you mean? what are you talking about? So we can learn from our interactions with other people. We can learn from the different types of human beings that we need to have this balance. We need to have both things. We need to have that relationship with Hashem. We need to have that relationship with spirituality. And we also need to commit ourselves to doing exactly what Hashem wants, to try our best to understand halacha, to try to understand what God expects from us. And He told us what He expects from us. He gave us a, an oral Torah. He gave us a written Torah. All of this at Harsinai, Mount Sinai, so many years ago, 3,300 years ago. And 
and, and he told us what his will is. And his will is that we try our best to do his mitzvahs, to do his commandments, and also use those commandments as vehicles to connect to him. I want to bless me and you and all of us that we should be zoch, we should merit, to be able to balance both of these aspects, to try our best to do the mitzvahs, to do the commandments as he requests of us, to do what God expects of us, and also to be able to use it as a vehicle to be able to connect to God. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you.